Since 1991, ProTaper has led the way in premium control components and prides themselves on providing an exciting, innovative, and complete product line to fulfill the needs of professional racers and weekend riders alike. Through revolutionary ideas like the oversized 1 and 1 8 inch handlebar and the micro handlebar kit, the only control system purpose-built for youth riders, ProTaper continues to push the limits and transform how we experience riding our motorcycles. Visit ProTaper.com for more. Hey guys, welcome to the uh, Monday morning podcast, Kickstart podcast presented by our friends at ProTaper. Um, it's the Monday following Ironman MX, the first semi-dry national of the year. And uh, let's see, I'm Don Maeda, joined by Chase Curtis in the house, our regular co-host Alex Ray of the So Good Bike Racing team on Kawasaki's. And uh, we've got uh, the man on the scene Michael Antonovich on the phone. So uh, before we hit record, you were talking about a little mishap, eh, Ray? Yeah, I mean, I had a, uh, I had a little bit of a, a rough morning, uh, a little bit of a crash in practice. I got stuck underneath my bike, and I like, I don't know, the way it was positioned, like my bars were literally like on my chest, and like the bike Good was thing. like holding me down, and I'm and the thing was muddy, so it was like super heavy, and I'm trying to. And I'm trying to get it off. I'm like, shit, I can't get off. And I see Anton. He's like all waving at the flagger like, hey, help this dude out. <laughs> wow. Good thing you had that O'Neill chest protector on. Yeah. Yeah, that, that thing was good. Yeah. I told you about it last week. I told yeah. you I was going to wear it, and I did, and it's awesome. Yeah. So he did, brought, he, did he look he like a fish, Anton, flipping uh, around? Well, okay, so it was the turn after the mechanics area over that little hump where you go into like that uh, right-hander. And yeah, the bike, like he said, it just kind of went over the front and then just kind of pinned him down. And he was moving, but the flagger was just looking at him for a minute. And there were, I wasn't the only person waving. There were a couple other people trying to get the guy's attention. And you could see Alex just kind of floundering under there. I'm like, oh man, this sucks. <laughs> uh, hey, A-Ray, I like that you put the chest protector on on the outside during Moto2. What what led to that? Well, um, it, it doesn't really fit underneath the jersey. Uh, you know, and I'm, I'm more of an outside Jersey type of guy because I guess it keeps you a little bit cooler, um, to wear the Jersey on the outside to, in my opinion. So, uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a over the Jersey type of guy for the, for the, um, chest protectors. I, okay, I didn't know I've worn chest protect, like chest protectors underneath the Jersey in the past. Yes. But, uh, with, with that type of chest protector, it's, I, I feel like it's made for outside the Jersey. Okay, I didn't know if Frank and everybody at O'Neill had called you and said, hey, put this on because we have a photo shoot during the National for Anton. I didn't know. Oh, no. No, it's all good. <laughs> Catalog photos. Oh, were you, on, were you on assignment from Daddy Frank? No, I didn't know if that was like a, hey, we heard you talking about this chest protector. Put it on on the outside and let's oh, get some photos oh. of it. Yeah. No, it was all about, hey, A-Ray got, roosted the, got the shit roosted out of him in the first moto. It, <laughs> it fucking hurt, so we're going to put it on for the second moto. <laughs> so do you have a cool like nameplate on the back? I do not. No, I just oh. ran it stock. Yeah, so I wait, need to you, get one. That's not legal, right? Uh, you have know. to have your name on your back. I don't give a shit. I don't. I don't <laughs> so you didn't take <laughs> no. the chest checkers through tech? No. Oh. Uh-oh. No, uh, no stickers, nothing. I mean, they didn't say anything to me on the gate, so I was like, whatever. Hmm. I don't know. I need to get a stick. I need to get a sticker kit for it. Yeah, you know, Piston Bones makes those. There you go. Do they? Well, yeah. hey, well, I gonna be stopping by there today so maybe i can i can tell him to make me like a name and number type deal yeah. is that a findable offense 
It's a findable offense because he didn't have a swap model live sticker on it. Mm. See, that's what I told Anton. He pointed that out. Yep. I was like, hey, Anton, you can't be taking photos of me sitting here because I'm going to get a fine here because I don't have a swap model live freaking. (laughs) But now that you guys have those uh, sticker sheets on Mm. your guys' merch. Merch site, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Maybe maybe I can get more stickers. If you're listening, please hit the merch tab on the website, the top right corner. We have two different T-shirts. We have COVID masks. We have sticker sheets. And now we even have Scrub Daddy training stickers on there. Ooh, nice. Ooh. Mm. That's awesome. Yeah. What would uh, Scrub Daddy have said about the way you're floundering under your bike? Uh, well, he said, man, you should have scrubbed over the the single a little bit harder or something. <laughs> yeah. So, hey, the, the race practice sucked. It looked just like Loretta's. So, yeah, at about 4 a.m., it just opened up and just rained its ass off for about two hours mm-hmm. from like four to six. So, yeah, it was another freaking mud morning. Um, track was gnarly. And, yeah, I mean, it's, it shaped up to be good for the second moto. Um, mm-hmm. I think first moto was still a little bit little bit wet. Um, there was a lot of lines, a lot of ruts everywhere. Um, There's a couple one-line spots. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, I felt like it was it was a pretty good racetrack. Hey, uh, Twan Diggity, how was the infield for walking around? Was it a swampy mess? Oh, no, it was all good. Um, yeah, it was pretty bad in practice. It was it was really bad. I didn't take the waterproof boots this time. I didn't think I'd need them until we got pretty close to the track, and I was like, oh, shit, it rained here today. Um, Were you wearing your homemade leather shoes? No, no, no. I'm past that stage of my life now. You don't, uh, you don't wear had, those anymore? No, I, that's why I got the Doc Martens. Oh, okay. The uh, cherry red ones? Oh yeah. my god! Yeah, no, yeah, that's right. No, um, so we got there and I was like, "Oh shit, this is pretty muddy." And it it was really, really muddy during those first ones. I think even surprisingly so, they pushed a lot of slop off to the sides of the track, like uh, the Godzilla, the downhill jump, the second one. And the whole landing area of that, if you looked off to the right, there's just a giant mud pile of stuff that they had to move around. Mm. So yeah, it was pretty heavy in those first ones, but then. First moto, it came around. It was pretty good. That second moto, I honestly was surprised at how dry and hard pack it was. A-Ray, what did you think? I mean, it was it was hard pack and slick in certain spots, especially in the middle. Yeah, I mean, after uh, the Godzilla, uh, the first jump, that right-hander, that inside rut, man, it, all, it was just hard packed. I mean, it was a deep rut, but it was hard packed mm-hmm. and just rocks. We had a lot of rocks coming up, and then um, after... After that big, big jump, you know, like they had like the Red Bull thing over that yeah. pe- that Barsha threw that fat yeah. whip over. That next little like hip into that left hander, that whenever you landed off of that little hip, that I don't know, I don't know what you call it, little step up thing, that left handed corner before you drop back down was slicker than Al shit too. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's a few hard spots. Um, that's why a lot of the guys opted not to run the paddle tire. You yeah. know, that's why we, we decided not to run it because it was such a hard base underneath. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could even see where it got down and, like, on TV where it's pretty shiny, too, especially that section over to the covered bridge from the turn A race talking about all the way to the sand roll or the corners before the sand rollers. Yeah. yeah, it was dry and slick right there and pretty much one or two lines that everybody was hopping through. Um, but yeah, I'm surprised at how hard pack it is underneath there because you see it and you think it's just this bottomless loam, but it's it's solid under there. Mm. Definitely. So. Well, hey, let's talk about the racing. So Jeremy Martin 
2-1 gets the overall, but I think the story of the day was Ferrandez coming from last to third, right? 37 guys. Dude, <laughs> I asked McElroth, I go, what was going <laughs> on there? And he goes, dude, I was leaning back, pinning it, and I hit a real dry, hard pack spot, and the bike just turned right. Oh. And he's all, I think I took down Fernandez. <laughs> well, yeah, you think, come on, you did. <laughs> but uh, that was a strange first straightaway crash, don't you think, Tuan? Yeah, and then especially how long it kind of took Dylan to get up and get going. I, mm-hmm. That start had been a little bit peculiar all day because if you watch the first 450 Moto 2, Adam tried to go do like a creative move and it didn't work out. Yeah. But then if you watch Ferrandez's first start, it's unreal. He had the full gate to the right and then just goes right by Mumford and Hampshire and just like slingshots in and held a really tight line. So I think like all that stuff is going to happen because it – it pockets off pretty tight right there. Like it's not, it's not as wide open as one would think. Um, and it's pretty fast too. Mm-hmm. So for him to come through, like he did though, I mean, that was the statement. Everybody's known Dylan's the guy in the 250 class this summer. I mean, there, that's no disrespect to any other racer, but I mean, he is the guy. He probably has more experience than anyone other than Jeremy Martin. You know, if you factor in all of his GP time, mm-hmm. two supercross titles, things like that, he is a veteran in that class. So that is his time to be the top dude there. But yeah, that first moto was very much a statement, but that second moto, he even said in Howard's Weekend, that might be his biggest come-from-behind ride in his entire mm. career. Yeah. He was riding good, man. I mean, the way he hops around and, and picks his lines and stays low over the jumps and carries his momentum, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. that Okay, that corner that Avery was talking about where you step up and then you make the 180 hairpin and you come back down. Yep. That's like kind of a softer section, you know, and there's like a lot of mulch or something that's mixed in there. So a lot of braking bumps and a lot of lines that develop. He was dragging the rear brake down it, but still going so fast. Like if you rewatch the second moto, he's pretty much accelerating down that turn where everybody else is on the binders. And then that whole section after that, how he was hopping through those singles and, and keeping his momentum to the ground is, is unreal. It's going to be interesting to see him on a 450 because Mm-hmm. He rides the hell out of a 250, but that much more power is going to be a big difference. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, what did uh, what did Martin have to say when you talked to him yesterday? He was cool. Um, Jeremy knows that you know it's all coming back. He's had a long layoff. Dylan's been in his prime these last few years, so Jeremy doesn't view it as like, yeah, we're straight up heads up racing. Like I'm still kind of on my return, so he doesn't get too beaten down with getting beat like this. Like, he's not devastated. But you could tell that Jamar definitely wants to make it a little bit more of a battle. He doesn't want things like what happened in the first moto to happen over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing is, and like I told him this, and I was kind of caught off, kind of caught off guard by his response. Everybody knows it's going to be him and Dylan for the title this summer. I think we all expected it because it's the two most experienced guys in the class. And when I said that in Howard's Weekend, he's like, "Oh yeah, you know that's the media. You know, you guys are trying to find an angle." And it's like. Well, not really. Like, straight up, you guys are the top two guys. Like, you're who we're going to be watching. You're who everybody's going to be watching. But I think that he doesn't want to play into some big competitiveness just yet. It's oh, too rival- early. Rivalry or something. Or anything. He just wants to let these motos come as they are. And then maybe when we do get to Millville after these doubleheader red buds and we have a better idea of where the championship is, then it's time to start talking about how intense this is. Mm-hmm. I, was, uh, I was super stoked to see Justin Cooper back up in the mix. With uh, you know the second and the second moto, 
Yeah, mm-hmm. he he struggled a bit. He struggled a bit the first moto, but second moto he was he was on it. He was ripping, and he was only like five seconds off of uh, yeah, J Mark. He was like right there with J Mark the Pretty whole moto. The whole so time, yeah, yeah, it's good to see him back on pace a little bit. I yeah. know he's had that hand injury, but uh, I mm-hmm. guess he's he's starting to come back from it. He says uh, the injury kept him. Well, it's obviously it hurt his fitness, but he said more so it hurt his testing and his preparation. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So they've been testing like crazy during the week, but. Uh, he seemed pretty pumped when I spoke to him yesterday, and uh, he's happy to be back kind of where he was because he said the uh, first two nationals were kind of weighing on his confidence a little bit, like wondering if, uh, you know, what was going on. So uh, in, the, in the first time qualifying session, he was the fastest guy. So you're like, oh, hey, this is going pretty good. And then the second session came out, and he wasn't so much on the pace of the front guys, so you're like, oh, okay, that was kind of weird because you thought the weeks before maybe his hand in the mud was the problem, but it was super muddy in the first moto mm-hmm. or that first session. And then the first moto was kind of concerning, like, oh, man, is this going to be what it is again today? But for him to pressure Jeremy like he did, like I rewatched the race last night, he had Jeremy in his sight the whole time, and mm-hmm. that has to be a huge, huge thing for him now to know, like, oh, hey, I can get in the mix in these next few races now. It's not like I'm totally rebuilding from nothing. Yeah, yeah, I'm calling uh, podium for Cooper at one week. one of the two doubleheaders. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, but dude, heart raft, how oh, cool yeah. is that? That guy got dude, the podium. He, I, he's stoked. I'm stoked for him. Like it's freaking awesome. I mean, I know how. I mean, I see him throughout the week. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, we're we're pretty good buddies. We ride bicycles together. You know, we we do a lot of our riding and training together. I mean, obviously, he's on a different program than I am, but you know, we're still in the same area. Mm-hmm. So I talk to him a lot and I know the effort that he puts in and the whole team does. And it's just awesome to see it pay off. I mean, that's freaking yeah. cool. I mean, he's kind of, he's kind of a dork. He's kind of, he's kind of ditzy like on the podium, even like, he's like, man, I thought they were going to ask me more questions. And then I'm like, dude, you got to kind of <laughs> elaborate on something. You know what I mean? You got to, you got to kind of like talk yourself up a bit. You can't just like answer the question. And you just be like, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, hopefully, hopefully with, you know he'll keep this ball rolling and and get some more podiums and uh, and learn how to talk on the damn podium. That's yeah. Cool. <laughs> you know you know what's crazy is like how shitty he looked outdoors earlier mm-hmm. and how much progress he's made. Like I I think the first time this year I filmed him outdoors we were at Glen Helen mm-hmm. yeah. and Carson was just spanking him, him hard, yeah. like yeah. working him yeah. hard, and uh, he was like, "Don't don't put me in your video." <laughs> 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 from that to now where last i saw him at fox raceway on uh tuesday, tuesday last yeah. week oh my god and he was they were doing the motos and he started you know he started with the guys and was right there i yeah. think he actually pulled away from cooper yeah even last week he was doing motos wednesday at elsinore with marv mm-hmm. and he was right there with marv the whole time yeah so yeah he's progressed quite a bit obviously they've been doing quite a bit of testing on that bike and getting him comfortable mm-hmm. has hey, silly season started yet but oh, yeah, much, but we don't he, talk about it enough. Yeah, yeah so and he's a big factor in it, too. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, like, where does he end up? Like, no one really knows. I think knows. we all know where he, he should be, but... I don't even think he knows where he's going to end yeah. up yet, which mm-hmm. which is terrible. Yeah. I mean, he's got three podiums this year, and... He's obviously... I mean, he's doing the best on the team right now. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. by a lot. 100%. So... I think... the Okay, so how this whole KTM gas gas deal was going to play out, too, with... Where does Gas Gas go? And now that we hear it's going to be Troy Lee's team and all that, yeah, he's going to be the big factor because there was a big push that KTM was going to take maybe Pierce Brown under their under their awning, 
and then he'd be the factory guy. But uh, yeah, I think everybody knows that. Like at this point, Hartraft is is definitely more capable of it. You know, just because he has more uh, experience than Pierce does at yeah. this point. Like he'd he'd be a good good dude uh, for all of that. And those two podiums that he got in Supercross, I think the craziness of this year totally overlooked it. But yeah, like three podiums for a guy that last year wasn't doing it that much. I mean, that's big. Mm -hmm. So, A-Ray, is he fuck gnarly on a a road bike because he's so strong looking? I mean, he's pretty damn, he's pretty damn strong. Yeah. I mean, I would say that, I mean, he's definitely stronger than I am. I mean, he's, he's definitely no like. I don't know. I don't think he's as strong as Brock or freaking anyone mm-hmm. like that. But he's definitely not bad on a bicycle. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he's he's an ox. That's for sure. I mean he's. You know what's funny is he doesn't. He's strong he, as shit. His freaking arms are just yeah big. Like, oh, yeah. He, and he claims he lifts fifteen pound dumbbells, but <laughs> when like when he's here, he doesn't look that big. He looks muscular, right? Yeah. But how come he looks gigantic? Dude, he in looks gear? so tall on that bike. Well, I mean, okay, so. Back to the under protect under protector thing. Okay. okay, underneath the jersey, it, no matter what, it's gonna make you look fat unless you look like uh, unless you're super super small like someone like Cody Shock, Justin Cooper. Yeah, really short like or you know skinny. Yeah, bigger guys, dude, count us out on the freaking under protector. We're gonna look huge as shit. <laughs> so he wears one underneath. Yeah, it's in their contract. They have to. Okay. Yeah. Troy made that happen after Cole got hurt at Salt Lake City that year and had all that internal damage. That's a team mandate oh, on the TLD teams. Now. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. So, no, because I've seen him on a mountain bike wearing Lycra, mm-hmm. and <laughs> he looks like the dude from Rocky Four. Right? I mean, he's he's wide. He's I mean, he's big. Yeah. He's definitely big. It's just maybe his genes. He definitely looks like Ivan Drago for yeah. sure. But I think, I mean, a little bit of the chest protector, I mean, it's just, he's weird shaped. He's, he's got a weird shape to him. I don't know. He's tall as shit. He's, I mean, he's skinny, but he's got big arms, big shoulders, broad chest. Like, yeah. he's just a freaking big dude. You know what I mean? Yeah, he looks like he swam in high school or something. Yeah, yeah something like that. he does look like a swimmer. Yeah. yeah. What do you look like with an under protector on underneath Me? the jersey? Yeah. I look like a basketball. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, right on. Hey, let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsors, but uh, we'll talk 450s when we come back. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Connor Erickson, but you probably know me best as Buttery Films. Temecula T-shirt printers handles all of my merch needs and also services many other big players in motocross. Whether you're starting a brand or just want some team T-shirts printed, there's no one that does better work or has a service as good as these guys. Check them out online at TemeculaT-shirtPrinters.com. Hey everyone, Don Moetta here. Over the past 20 years, I've built a ton of cool motocross project bikes. When it comes to choosing a great wheel set, my first call is always to the crew at WUSA. Importers and distributors of Talon, Kite, Han, and Edge Hubs, the wheel building team at W is unrivaled when it comes to lacing them up to DID or Excel rims. Let's be honest now, next cleaning air filters or changing oil, tightening spokes is one of the most tedious jobs when it comes to working on your bike. When it comes to wheel sets from W though, you know that they'll stay straight and true and the spokes will almost always stay tight. There's a reason that factory teams and top riders everywhere rely on W. When it comes to anything wheel related, your one-stop shop is WUSA.com. Check them out. Hey guys, this is Shane McGrath of the Star Racing Monster Energy Yamaha team. 
BC Fit Mills has been a huge tool in my success by keeping me healthy, energetic, and recovering the best way I possibly can. All their meals are super delicious, ready to eat, and take the guesswork out of trying to eat right daily. Visit their website at bcfitmills.com and sign yourself up today. Out here, on the edge, failure is no option. Here, you don't compromise. Off-road, on-road, on the track, off the grid. Sunstar sprockets and brake discs come installed in more motorcycles and all-terrain vehicles than any other in the world. Period. The engineers who design your bike trust and spec Sunstar for the same reason you should. Because here, on the edge, failure is no option. Sunstar, number one in sprockets and brake discs. Hey, it's Will Hahn, team manager of the Monster Energy Star Racing Yamaha team. Works Connection has been building the best aluminum parts in motocross for over 30 years. From the awesome Pro Launch Start device to their original axle blocks. Works Connection parts are designed and produced in California, and we are proud to use them on our factory race bikes in Supercross and Motocross. Check them out at worksconnection.com. What's up? This is Christian Craig. As a motocross racer, being in top physical shape is a must, and my favorite way to train is cycling. And whether it's road biking or mountain biking, I rely on Roy Cyclery to keep my bikes in perfect running order. Roy Cyclery has been servicing Old Town Upland, California since 1962. Mention the Swap Moto Life podcast for additional discounts in the shop. What's up, Swap Moto fans? The Toyota Escondido Action Sports Team supports some of the biggest racers in the sport, like Aaron Plessinger, Shane McElrath, Dean Wilson, Axel Hodges, Colt Nichols, Brian Deegan, and more. With over two decades of supporting racers, we've become known as the place to buy a Toyota truck in Southern California. Toyota Escondido is a proud sponsor of the Swap Moto Live Show, and all you have to do to get the best deal on a quality Toyota truck is mention the show and tell them you want the action sports special. Check us out online at toyotaescondido.com for more. Hey guys, welcome back to the Kickstart Podcast presented by our good friends at Pro Taper Handlebars. Um, before we talk about two videos, though, there's a little bit of news this weekend. Hey, Anton. Yeah, so we uh, when we drove over to Indianapolis on Friday, checked into the hotel right by the airport, and Super Agent Lucas Myrtle was standing outside. And you know, I parked the car, walked in, and checked in, and he was on the phone, and he had like this concerned look on his face. So you know, whatever. Went back outside, got my stuff, came back in. He was off the phone, and he's like, uh, he's like, hey, what's going on? He looks stressed. I'm like, you good? He's like, oh, you'll, you'll find out tomorrow. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, is everything all right? And he's like, you'll find out. You'll find out. Don't worry. I'm like, okay, whatever. So went into my room. You know, I didn't really think too much about it, but was like, all right, I'll be watching who I know Lucas's guys are, you know, the next day, like RJ, the Lawrence brothers, all those guys thinking, like, is somebody hurt? Is there an issue? Like, is something going to happen? So then... Woke up Saturday morning, and then uh, I had a message from a friend of mine. He's like, hey, have you heard about this big news that might be coming out today? And I'm like, okay, that's the second person that has said something to me. Obviously, something's going to happen today. And I didn't, you know, I just went about the day. And, and especially with us not being able to go up and talk to teams so much and have, like, those one-on-one conversations, I was like, it's going to be a little bit harder to find out, so I'll wait till the end of the day. So then... I see Jeff Myshack and Ziggy from Factory Connection talking to Weege after the races are done. And they're all just kind of conversating, and we go to leave the track, and I look at my phone. Mathis posted that Geico Honda 
had been or Geico had been informed that Geico is not going to be the title sponsor of the team uh, starting at the end of the season. So this really long relationship with you know the team in the 250 class for Honda is going to go away, and, and this is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, they only told the team this weekend, or like in the last few days, I guess, the sponsor to the team relation or you know information had been passed around, and then the team management told the riders and the mechanics going into the race weekend. So for Jeremy to get this win like this is a big, big deal. You know, I mean, these guys are pretty bummed because that's a big sponsor. That is a huge, huge thing that encompasses a lot of stuff for that program because that is probably one of the biggest staff teams in the in the pits right now. Mm-hmm. So then how this goes on from here is going to shake up a lot of stuff. For any team, having a title sponsor is a massive detail to all of their other contracts, you know, gear contracts, part contracts, manufacturer contracts, all of these things. With us having already so chaotic of a year and then now going into what's going to be a really uncertain offseason, especially as we try to figure out when Supercross is going to come back, which we can talk about later in the podcast, um, they don't have a big window to figure out what the hell they're going to do to keep a title sponsor to come back. Because think about it, Geico had all of the branding on that bike. The whole rear fender, all of the jerseys, side panels, the whole truck, everything. That's going to be a big detail for them to come back on. And then now we have to start wondering, okay, what, what happens to some of those guys that are there? You know, like Jeremy Martin has a contract, Jet has a contract, but a guy like Carson, Joe Shimoda, Hunter Lawrence, uh, all these guys that are somewhat tied to that team. Now you have to start thinking, what are they going to do next year? Uh, Christian, we know, you know, is leaving to go to star and all that. But I guess my chef, the way that we've all thought, isn't leaving the team ownership position and going to star like we had heard so much. Hmm. Yeah, Christian told me that was a dumb rumor. Bogus, yeah. Man, that's crazy. Especially that team, too. I mean, they lost Amsoil not too long ago, too. Sucks to see them have another big hit. Yeah, I mm-hmm. mean, I mean, and it sucks it's so late in the year, too. I mean, obviously, we've had 2020. has been a crazy year, yeah. you know, like sponsors, teams, everything. So, I mean, it's pretty late, too. Like Anton was saying, there's not much time to find something else. No. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, 2020, I mean, shit, what are we? We're in August? I mean... Mm-hmm. We ain't got much time. 2021's right around the corner. So, heck, who knows? Yeah, and the big thing that's going to go with this is how do they use these business contacts? Like, for people that don't know, like, yeah, Ziggy owns Factory Connection. My Shackle has all of his business deals. And then Grondel, Mike Grondel, you know, he's the guy that started Planet Fitness. And that's, I mean, they have some power players that are there that can make some things happen. It's just going to be in a very tight time frame. Yeah. The other thing is, too, they've had really big sponsors in the past. I mean, this is a team that started as jack-in-the-box Honda for Michael Rocco in a very small way and then had Napster and Sobe and Samsung. Doc and Martens. Doc Martens, Journeys, all of this stuff. So they've always had really cool, unique outside sponsors. I'm sure that there's somebody else that will come in and, and step up, but this is going to be a big deal to watch because this could this could be a huge thing going forward. Yeah, I seen that. I seen that tweet by Steve, and then I also seen like underneath it, Chris Betts is like, "State Farm, your move." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was funny. I thought. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. So, uh, four fifty class, Eli rebounds, um, gets his win. How many points out is he now? Uh, he made up thirteen points. I want to say on Zach. Still a long shot. Still. Zach, then Zach did have a bad day. Zach yeah, he did, had a terrible yeah. day. 
He's the if he made up thirteen points, hell, it's probably like twenty-seven now or something. Yeah. Osborne's at one twenty-two. Moosecan's at one oh nine. Barsha at ninety-six. Tomac at ninety-five. Cincerillo at eighty-nine. Wow. Crazy. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. Marv rode good that first moto, man. I yeah, mean, he did. whatever they threw at him, I mean, he just he kept coming and he just kept plugging away and he got that win and he deserved every freaking lap of that thing because, dude, he was ripping. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, Zacho, he was just getting bad. I mean, it was just bad luck for Zacho, I guess. Yeah. You know, he's just lappers and crashes and all kinds of shit. So that's terrible. Yeah. Mm. What, uh, Marvin, what? you got sixth in the second moto. Yeah. Bad start? Mm. Not not really, no. It's just... That he, front pace was insane. Yeah, time. like yeah, the second I, moto, they were just freaking going for it. Dude. And I like, think it was a little bit of a different track, too. Yeah, I mean, AC, he sort of set the pace at the beginning. Like, he, mm-hmm. you know, he got out front and he just sprinted, like, 20, 25 minutes. He just freaking sprinted. And then, um, and then Eli, and Eli started coming, and then... You know, once he he and Barsha got around um, Eli, or not, I mean, Eli and Barsha got around AC, mm-hmm. they oh, just dude. freaking Gone. took off, bro. Second moto, their pace, I don't know, I would love to see their freaking heart rates because they were, they didn't leave shit on the track. No. They were wide Clyde mm-hmm. that last 10 minutes of that freaking yeah, moto. Yeah, they finished dude. with like 26 seconds, I think, on third place. Something mm. crazy. Nuts. Bro, they Dude, gapped was, him so freaking quick. It was good to see Barsha going that fast. Dude. <sighs> Bro, I love his watching whip. him ride when he's like that, dude. Oh, his whipper tail with his uh-huh, little with dog pisser little Ooh. thing. Fuck. <laughs> thing was so good. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Anton, uh, how was your weekend? We had a couple riders not wearing face masks. Uh-oh. Were they just over it? Or? Uh... That's like one of those things that I'm sure A-Ray's probably heard the same thing. You know, we everybody's doing it. You know, you got to do it, especially like when the cameras are out in the mm-hmm. first part of the day. But at the end of the day, like after, you know, the, the canopy started getting taken down and all that other stuff, guys seem to be a little bit more lax, especially yeah. as they're on their way out to the rental car. Yeah. But uh, I, I, it, that's like another one of those like kind of sensitive points in the pits right now because, you know, everybody's been on this thing of, Okay, restricted entries, restricted this, uh, limited crews, all this other stuff. And then this weekend, all that stuff was pretty much lifted as far as entries go. I mean, A-Ray, you saw. I mean, it was a stacked, stacked entry list in both oh, yeah. classes. Yeah. And then uh, at the end of the day, there were little kids running around the pits, like, asking for parts and stuff. And you're just like, <laughs> oh, uh, okay, cool, I guess. Like, all the shit that we've Can been doing. Can I have doing. face mask? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so, like, the, everybody's being super respectful of it. Uh, there are a lot of teams that will be on their guys like, hey, come on, you know, we don't need to look like we don't care or be insensitive or something. So guys are doing what they need to do. So all that stuff's good there. But, yeah, there are some guys that are just like, yeah, do you want to do this interview? I'm just hanging out by the trailer, my RB. Like, let's just knock it out real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think anybody's, like, making it a point to be defiant. I just think that it's just, like, end of the day and you're just kind of like, ah, man, I want to go out of here. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Jason Anderson races the first moto, I guess. Um, second moto, he was sort of a no-show. He, he and didn't, he was finish, didn't the finish the first moto. moto. He didn't finish no. the first moto. No, second, he pulled off. And I guess he was walking around with a cast, so I guess he is scheduled for surgery is what I'm hearing. No. Is it that far yet, Anton? Um, so, he was like up to, I mean, he was in the top ten. He was yeah. riding well. 
but then it's the plate in his arm from last January, like January 2019 yeah. crash that took him out. So it started hurting or something. Like he uh, felt like something was going on and he couldn't really use his arm that well. And so he tried to finish the moto and couldn't and then went to at the Alpine Stars people. They gave him a checkup and they're like, yeah, you know, you might have something going on. So he and the team made the decision to set out the second moto. Yeah, he was walking around the pits with like a, a wrist wrap on, but not a cast and not a sling or anything. It's just his arm was wrapped up. Yeah, that's sort of what so I, I seen. I was like, well, shit, did he break his arm or, or what the shit happened? So, yeah, yeah that's sort of what so I was wondering. Doctors didn't use Loctite. Mm. Mm, so then I talked to Scuba, and Scuba's like, yeah, he'll go to get checked out this week, and then we'll have a further idea. They don't think his arm is broken. They don't think the plate was broken on Saturday, but he needed to go to visit his doctors and have, like, a really intense scan to figure out what was wrong. Mm. So I'm sure we'll know more in the next day or two. Jason, you know, Jason's super active on social media, and he's been completely quiet since Saturday for the most part. So yeah. I'm sure we'll know soon. Uh, but for that team, like, Dean's doing good. You know, Dean's all good for the summer. He'll be taken care of. Same thing for Zach. So if Jason's not there, they have enough other guys going on. Um, Jalik Swole will come back this week for Redbud for them, but Mosman's not going to come back uh, this week like they thought. Hmm. So hmm. kind of like up and down there. Hmm. Hmm. Another guy who crashed, uh, Max Danstey. Um, oh. Poor guy. What a rough day. We thought, yeah. we thought that, I guess, he broke his jaw, but I seen on HGP's Instagram that it was all good. Yeah, he's so good. He just felt like he got hit by Mike hit by Mike Tyson or something like that. Yeah, yeah. McGregor, McGregor. There, McGregor. Yeah, yeah. Dude, that was crazy. Like uh, he was, he crashed going into a turn, right? Like, yeah, in a, in a rut. Yeah, I mean that that I mean coming into that turn, it was pretty gnarly. I mean, I don't know what time of the moto it was. If it was late, and you get a little lazy through there, I could see how it can get away from you a little bit. But mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean he freaking. Crashed his damn brains out. Yeah. And then a bike <laughs> blew mm -hmm. up on him first moto? Bike blew up first moto. Yeah. Still got like one lap. Yeah, with like one lap to go. It was like white flag yeah. lap. Dang. Dang. Hey, man. good on that team. That, like, the Twisted T thing, which we talked about a couple podcasts ago, they're doing a really cool uh, job, like, with branding that. They had somebody walk around and hand out these yellow rally towels that say Twisted T on them. Oh, that's So sweet. anytime riders were coming by, they'd, like, shake them up. The rider that got the gnarliest applause with him this weekend was uh, Stank Dog. He crashed oh, yeah. 250 Moto 1 and, like, couldn't get his bike restarted because he had to kick it. And then once he finally got it going, like, all the couple hundred people that were in that section just lost their mind for him. But that, <laughs> that Twisted T thing is cool. Like, it, it's cool to see him come back and especially them kind of go out there and branch out and, and try to contact the fans because they can't go in the pits this year. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Hmm. So uh, you rode with Brock this morning, right? Mm -hmm. So with the ninth, with uh, dude, his starts nine, were ten? shit. But I mean, how how is <laughs> they his, were because uh, he was back there with me. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, he's on a high from last week, and was it super disappointing for him this weekend, or is he okay? Because I mean, he's top. 10. Um, I think I think he was a bit disappointed. He has he had a few issues. Um. I, the starts were the main thing. I think if he would have started up there, he would have he would have been up there. Because, I mean, he came from 30th both motos, it seemed like, and he got back to 9th. Mm -hmm. And he was on Sabachi's ass that last lap. Um, he came around me, and him and Sabachi were, like, battling. It was the last lap right before the checker flag. And uh, he had almost got him. But, um, but, yeah, I think, to be honest, if he starts up front, he's top five. 
Mm-hmm. If, if he starts up there, he can stay up there. Because his line choice is so creative. And the where he goes on the track, it's like, it's so, like, I don't know. Like, if you follow the guy or, like, or watch his GoPro and you see him pick and choose, like, what lines he takes, he's pretty knowledgeable out there mm. like with his line choice and stuff so i think if he had gotten um better starts he would have been a little bit better yeah mm-hmm. that's for sure but like a ray said too dude he was on it like he was pushing sabachi all the way to the checkered flag like trying to do whatever um we're at that part of the season where guys are like giving 100 percent effort every single lap right now mm-hmm. we're not we're not to that like oh yeah well, everything of the year yeah, and everything is so uncertain for next year, so everyone's freaking mm-hmm. riding the, their balls off right mm-hmm. now, you know, to to secure something or to impress someone to to get a, a spot for next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to talk more. I've like talked to the guys a little bit, but I really want to know as much as we can about how much is being passed back and forth between like Barsha and Tickle and the Star guys right now. Because when Barsha got done with his race and like got all like cleaned up and everything, he had a pretty good meeting with the star guys about what the bike is doing. And Don, you've said in the past, like, yeah, Will's out there helping them. Brad Hoffman's yeah. out there kind of mm-hmm. giving more advice. It's, it's they pretty, have a it's really pretty, good thing going right now. Yeah, yeah. They're pretty much working together. Yeah. They're pretty the much week. working together every yeah. week. I mean, like, I mean, we, we see it here like throughout the week and at the track, mm-hmm. like on Tuesdays and stuff. They're, they, they're pretty, they're parked pretty close. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Will will go mm-hmm. over and ride one of their bikes at the end of the day too. So yeah, they're, they're pretty much, yeah, last week Will now. suited up at the very end to do starts with yep. Barsha, right? Yeah. yeah. Same thing uh, at Elsinore the next day, too. Yeah, and then uh, Ross, my brother's been out there three weeks mm-hmm. in a row testing with them. So mm-hmm. he, I didn't even ask him because it's just <laughs> top secret. Top secret. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what were you guys doing? Oh, I can't tell you. <laughs> You're the press. Get away. <laughs> but, uh, um, but, hey, like, you know, he said that that bike was better in soft conditions, right? Mm-hmm. And then they got to Salt Lake, and it sucked. And that's pretty true. And now they're back on soft conditions, and he's riding better than he ever has. Barsha is. Mm-hmm. And same thing for, for Tickle. I asked him, and how was your week? And I asked Barsha, like, hey, do you feel like you guys are making progress with this thing? Is it the best he's ever been? You could tell that he's had so much time with this thing that he's seen so many different versions of it. And then I asked Tickle the same thing. And he's like, no, it's good. He's like, you know, what we're on, it's good. We're, and we're figuring it out more and more every week. Uh, I'd like to know how stock it is compared to, like, what Barsha yeah. was so excited about last year, like the Paris Supercross and what they're doing. Because, bro, he was riding deep balls off that thing. It was yeah. on the rev limiter the whole way around the track. Yeah. He certainly hasn't calmed down on the uh, throttle application. And then you have Tomax bike smoking in front of him. Yeah. He's on it, too. Hey, he... He is, like, and not to keep, like, just talking about Barsha and all that stuff, but, like, last thing. So they did the site lap for 450 Moto 1, and they called him, and, you know, he gets to do his practice start by himself. He pretty much rode a wheelie, like, three-quarters of the way down the start straightaway, like, wide open, and then found some little braking bump and, like, bunny hopped off this braking bump into the first turn. Like, how hard he's riding that bike, he is at... He's at the limit of what it could be, and it looks like him back on a two, like a Geico two fifty Honda back in the day. <laughs> yeah, it just looks comfortable whenever you watch him ride. So, yeah, I mean that's that's, I guess that's the key is just yeah. to be comfortable. You know what? I was kind of surprised last week when we uh, we pulled into Fox Raceway and Eli Tomac was in town testing. So he right? was riding. He rode there Monday too as well, I guess. And then Monday as well. Monday at Paula, Tuesday at Paula, and then Wednesday uh, at Elsinore. Wednesday at Elsinore is what yeah. I heard. 
So he was obviously testing something because yeah. he wasn't putting in long, hard motos. They said on the broadcast that it was suspension. I didn't see them swap forks or shock once. I did Tuesday, or Wednesday. I did see the his bike was no longer running after a little bit. <laughs> they swapped the motor. Yeah. So I don't know what they're doing. Wow. But you said, uh, was it Elsinore where he was like riding it super hard? Seemed like trying to blow it up? No, Elsinore. That was Paula. That was Paula. Paula. Yeah. Paula. Dude, he was the first one out there in the mud and all yep. the shit. Like, he was wide Clyde on that freaking thing. Yeah. Yeah. And we're talking like he was out there like 30, 40 minutes before anyone else even touched the track. Yeah. Because huh. usually, yeah, usually we wait a little bit, you know, and, you know, we, we usually we get there at nine. Get our gear on, and then everybody sees how deep it is on Tuesday, yeah. and they're like, eh. And then we ride it at about 10. Yeah, his ass was out there at 9. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then we'll, Double clutching. Oh, yeah. And so he probably rode the same bike Wednesday, because Wednesday he went out, did two sight laps, and then the thing, the bike went on him. Oh. Uh. Yeah, so I waited, I waited till 10 on Tuesday because I was riding the Swap Moto Live KX250F, <laughs> yeah. and I needed I needed a little bit of a harder base to get around the track, if you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, uh, what else, Tuan? Do, do we need to talk about anything else? We're going to wrap this up. No, I, I mean, there's a lot. Um, oh, a lot. Like Chase, like Chase was saying, he did Give have that bike smoking. Yep. Give me those cookies. Had, okay. <laughs> uh Tomac did have the bike smoking there towards the end of 450 Moto One. Like he's yeah. not, he's still riding that thing like at the limit. Do you so think that's it's? Do you think it's? Uh, well, well, there was something else that you were telling me one time in Supercross. Sometimes you start seeing a puff of smoke, and that's uh, oil from the clutch. Yeah, is it the yeah. same thing outdoors, or is it? Yeah, expiring? and then, and especially with that with that big oil cooler and stuff too. I mean, mm-hmm. like that's how hard he is. And you would think, like, okay, hey, maybe we back it down a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But there is no backing it down. Well, like, you can't. You got Barsha's on your ass, and what the <laughs> fuck are you supposed to do? Yeah, and I think, I, like, this isn't to go pulling stuff out of thin air and everything, but I, everybody after Supercross was like, oh, see, he got through it. Everything's good. This is the most pressure he's probably ever been under, even with all those Supercross situations, too. Like, you know, where he races his way back into championship contention and misses it. Like, this is supposed to be his series to win. He's in this big deficit, and he's getting pressured. Like, he legitimately is getting pressured. He did not catch Marvin. Marvin was riding probably the race of his life in the last few years. That was Marvin at his best in that first moto. He was doing all the typical creative lines, hop and braking bumps, all that crazy stuff that he does. Looked great. Eli was going for it the whole time. You know, yeah, they sat behind Osborne and Bart and Cincerello for a while in Moto2, but Barsha came from way, way behind. Like, if you gave Barsha five more seconds at the start of that mm-hmm. race, and he he would have been in the mix, and it would have been even gnarlier the last three or four laps. So I think that we go to these two Redbud races is going to be interesting. It's going to be clear weather this week. Uh, I don't know if you've been looking at the forecast, Alex, but it's only supposed to be in the 70s. Like, I like that. races. I like so that. So it's not going to be that hot. So, you know, bikes, you know, because it's cooler weather and all that stuff, they'll be running better. But, like, how hard will it really be? How hard, how gnarly would this be if we were racing, like, 100-degree weather nationals this year mm-hmm. and all that stuff? I mean, this is a way different year, and it's and we're kind of totally seeing it out there. Um, I And I think for Osborne, too, like, he's got to now, now that he's had one bad race, we'll see exactly how it goes with these double headers because so many guys, this is going to be a big factor, how they bounce back from one to the next one. There's a couple guys that really are excited about it. And there's other guys that are just like, Oh, okay. We got to do this again. Great. 
Yeah, you know, because they think that the Nationals are too so gnarly. Mm-hmm. Hey, um, what what are your thoughts about two days in between? I think it'd be fine. Yeah, you know, I mean, usually, I mean, you think about it. Let's see, we race Saturday, Sunday we fly. Usually we travel, yeah, get home. We Monday do here at Elsinore. Thirty thirty minute spin, do some stretching. Monday, either a bike ride or like like light riding, and then Tuesday, it's I mean you're either doing a thirty in sprints or two thirties, mm-hmm. you know, and and stuff. So you know, yeah, I mean, I feel like you'd be all right. Yeah. So those two days, nobody's gonna ride, right? I wouldn't think so. Yeah. I mean, no, probably not. Now, are they gonna ride the week after that? Somebody's shitting and getting down there. Yeah, somebody's getting. Um, Cause yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sure. I mean, well, are you gonna ride Thursday or something? Mm, I might I might ride a little bit, like whenever we fly back after the second round. But I mean, we have a week. We have two weeks off after that, right? Oh, that's yeah. right. Or we have a weekend off, so a weekend off, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I may only ride like one day after the round, the second round. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, I mean, it's gonna be tough on the body. I mean, we're definitely gonna be sore as crap. Hell, I'm sore right now from Ironman, but from having your bike on top of you in practice. Oh uh, no, just the whole freaking day. I cra- I actually, I yeah. So what happened in Moto Two? You you you're just out of the points in the first Moto. Uh, okay, like 23rd, yeah. and then the second one. Got to even go back to the start. He raced his way in with the LCQ. Yeah. So, um, yeah, just just a tough day. We had a little bit of a shock failure. Um, we were having a little bit of issues with the uh, hydraulic uh, clutch clutch a little bit. Uh, that was all day pretty much, except for the second moto. We, I think we got it figured out. Um, so, pretty much, um, yeah. Had a shock failure in the second practice, uh, and then that that clutch issue, and you know we got the luckily Jason, he's a freaking wizard with the suspension, so we got that all all fixed up, and I was able to race the LCQ, but my clutch still wasn't working, so I raced the LCQ pretty much with no clutch. It would work for about two laps, and then um, it would just get a bunch of play in the in the lever, mm-hmm. so it, maybe like there was some dirt or something in there, I don't know, in the line or the fluid something but uh we, i struggled with that like the first moto i had a bad start and i came from way back to that 23rd um with no clutch i rode the whole moto with no clutch and then uh second moto comes around um and uh we were trying to figure out the clutch the whole time trying to figure out the clutch in between motos we we just messed up and didn't uh I don't know. I I got down to the start gate and I had like a slow leak in my front tire and my tire pretty much had no air in it. So uh-huh. I did the start, did the first lap, pulled in the mechanics area, pumped it up, and then uh, by then I was I was so far back. I just I went out, didn't quit though. I just went out there and just rode. Mm-hmm. But uh, I came into the weekend a little bit under the weather. Um, didn't feel my best. Uh, I don't think I was hydrated enough. Um, cramped out second moto anyways mm-hmm. so i mean i'd go around to turn my freaking leg would lock up and it would just stay straight it's like <laughs> it's just one of those things it's mm-hmm. unfortunate but i mean i feel like i could have done a little bit better if you know we didn't i i don't know I, i'm struggling i'm struggling i'm not gonna lie i mean outdoors it's it's gnarly this whole year i've, I've luck has not been on my side these yeah. first three rounds so hopefully we'll turn it around at red bud well you got all the shit luck out of the way at the first three yeah yeah so wait let me ask you what was it like riding that first moto without a clutch? Because you are the clutch master. No, it was terrible. I was way out of my element. 
Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I did. Did you so, learn I did, how to go fast with it eventually, though? Not no. I mean, you got twenty third. You <laughs> <No>. were within <laughs> three three positions of points. Yeah, but at the same time, it just I I feel like I wasn't going that fast at all. Mm-hmm. I feel like I probably could have got points if I had maybe a little bit of help from the clutch because there was a few times where I'd like I go into the turn and almost stall it or like I don't know it was it was just it was really tough mm-hmm. it was really weird um, yeah like I said it wasn't ideal for a ray a ray riding style with no clutch <laughs> so yeah it, it sucked tough uh-huh. day. hey you had a lot of fans you had a lot of fans this weekend hell yeah. I saw a lot of A-Ray t-shirts. Oh, you uh, did? A lot of cheering for I did. A lot of cheering for you when I was walking around the track and you'd be going by. People were pumped. It's pretty local to, to my hometown. So, I mean, hey, you know, got a lot of A-Ray fans out there. I like that. I like that. I like them supporting the supporting A-Ray. That's good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Megan was cheering for you. That's awesome. I appreciate that's awesome. that. That's, that's good. <laughs> she was flashing you. When you was come she? By. Every lap. I didn't see no titties. I didn't see no titties, Anton. Maybe I was just trying to focus on no clutch, but I, I didn't see any titties. Hey, man, there's a lot of other big jumps out there, too. A lot of big doubles at that track. Mm, there you go. <laughs> hey, are those jumps scary? Because those jumps look Dude. terrifying. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're a little scary. Okay. They're I, scary. I, like, those back-to-back, like, uphill, downhill ones, I'm good. And then that yeah. middle tabletop, I don't know if you saw it because, like, yeah, you were kind of having your issues and were far back. Norton on the first lap of 450 Moto 2 threw the biggest whip in traffic over that middle tabletop. Like, yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I, I don't know. Those, that whole track looks like kind of how Paula used to be really fast and really, really big jumps and stuff. Yeah, even those just singles, big ass singles into those rollers. Nah, not me. <laughs> yeah, yikes. Yeah. Even that wall jump, the wall jump after the finish line where you step down, to yeah. see how far guys were sending it to that other little like knuckle was was burly. And yeah. then you could see how much bikes were springing around. And there's not a lot of room for air there either. There's a tree. And yeah, I've seen someone almost stuff. smoke that tree. Ooh. Yeah, I'm good. No, nope. uh, yeah. Dude, Vogel hitting that tree in turn two. Oh, that sucks. Guy. Glad he's all good. Um, Did he hit his head? No, I don't no, think so. Good. Knocked the wind out of him, but he's good. Because he, th- he rode... He rode that couple I want to say he rode okay, good second moto, you know. Uh, so, like, yeah, it's coming, you know, for him. It's kind of coming around. Uh, yeah, it was it was a mellow day. Like, A-Ray, did it seem mellow to you, especially compared to the weeks before? Uh, no, because I, I, I had my own issues um, that I was dealing with. It was pretty hectic and stressful for me. I feel like I have gray hair now. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I missed that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hmm. So yeah. earlier you mentioned big doubles on the infield at Glen Helen yesterday. Huge doubles. Anton, it was like Moto Mom heaven. Straight really huge doubles. Yeah, I should have made an appearance. We had <laughs> seven hundred and fifty entries yesterday at first round of Terra Firma series, and seven hundred and thirty-four of those kids had moms with bolt-ons. <laughs> nice, <laughs> big doubles, big doubles. But yeah, man, local racing is not dead out here in California. I wouldn't mind casing a few of them doubles in my face. <laughs> I want one of those old extreme t-shirts so bad, but they're so expensive. Like they're still on some like clothing retail websites, but they retail for like 50, 60 bucks now. What, mm. what did they say? Big doubles, no troubles? No troubles. Or, you know, if she, if I go riding again, she's going to leave me and all that. I want those t-shirts. Those were so, those were so <laughs> badass. Yeah, hell yeah. Oh. I remember there mm. was one that was dumb. It was like, if you find a hot chick and she'll wash your bike, marry her. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, that was the big one too yeah 
Mm. I, I'm, I'm expecting to see those those shirts. You still see a lot of them at these Midwest races. I'm sure there'll be like a whole a whole uh, crowd of people with them at Millville. Mm. You know. Yeah. So if anyone's listening and they have a vintage extreme life's too short not to be t-shirt hit up anton slide into his dm actually i think my dad has quite a few of them does he yes Ooh. my dad has a very very big t-shirt collection i'm very sure that he has some <laughs> you need to start wearing those a ray okay <laughs> you do bring it back all right i'll try we'll see ronnie ray yeah ron dog he freaking yeah he's got a lot of t-shirts in there all right well, Anton, we have to sign off because Chase and I are on video assignment with uh, Aaron Cook as the mini major is rapidly approaching on September 24th through the 27th. So we have to go produce some uh, commercials and event propaganda about State Fairmax or the race. Do you want to break the big news that he just posted on the website? Hey, we might oh, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So mini major, uh, it's what we've had five of them now. And, uh, Mini Major is a race only for kids. Races for 50cc up to Super Mini, I believe. And uh, we've had four of them in the can. They've been wildly popular, super successful. We are headed east uh, in a couple months. And uh, let's see. We're going to Silver Dollar MX. Um, Matt Walker is playing a big role in it. Seven was instrumental in helping get it all. It was actually Roger Larson's idea. You know, I thought he only thought about young girls and stuff, but I guess he thinks about <laughs> other things too. But uh, but yeah, the seven mini majors heading east, and it's in uh, November sixth through eighth. So uh, find out more at swapmonolive.com. So if you have a uh, if you have a mini rider and you don't live on the west coast, texting my neighbor from Tennessee right now, telling him that he needs to go to Silver Dollar, November sixth through eighth, mini major. Nice. Yes. Maybe uh, will will Ronnie Ray come out to that? Well, he ain't got Ron, Ronnie's huh? kids are all grown up. Well, I know. Maybe he'd come out and just cheer some kids on and maybe teach them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He might. Yeah. He yeah. He's got some stuff he could teach. <laughs> <laughs> all righty. Well, hey guys, uh, thanks for listening to the uh, Kickstart podcast presented by our good friends at Pro Taper. Uh, signing off for the guys, Anton, Chase, and Alex. Be sure to check out SwapMotorLive.com. Hit that merch button. Support the crew that supports uh, the sport. Thanks for listening. Since 1991, ProTaper has led the way in premium control components and prides themselves on providing an exciting, innovative, and complete product line to fulfill the needs of professional racers and weekend riders alike. Through revolutionary ideas like the oversized 1 and 1 8 inch handlebar and the micro handlebar kit, the only control system purpose-built for youth riders, ProTaper continues to push the limits and transform how we experience riding our motorcycles. Visit ProTaper.com for more.